Welcome to this mini episode of The Balance focused on the social emotional learning skill of social awareness. This is the final core competency of the CASEL framework. And Castle defines social awareness as the ability to, quote, understand the perspectives of and empathize with others, including those from diverse backgrounds, cultures, and contexts. And social awareness includes the ability to take another person's perspective, evaluate a situation from their point of view, demonstrate empathy and compassion for others, recognize and appreciate other people's strengths and really show gratitude, understand different social norms and how they might impact people's behaviors in different situations and settings, and evaluate the demands and opportunities that are presented by different situations. So when working with educators, I encourage them to ask the following questions. One, how often are students being asked to consider other perspectives and discuss why a person or a group might feel or behave in a certain way? How am I helping students to understand other people's thoughts and feelings to develop compassion and empathy? Am I encouraging students to learn about various social norms at play in our school or the larger community and how they impact the way people might behave in a particular situation? So the benefits of developing social awareness are that a heightened level of social awareness can really reduce a lot of the friction um, that might be taking place in classrooms and schools and communities and help students to appreciate their peers' perspectives, their peers' strengths, um, making collaboration and group work much more productive and positive. And the research really indicates that developing social awareness can reduce feelings of distress and frustration positively impact classroom management and the quality of our students' relationships with each other, and improve students' perceptions of both themselves and others. So how do we help students to develop social awareness, right? And how do we weave it into the fabric of our classes? So in the blog post that is linked in the show notes, that is also kind of corresponds to this topic, I share three strategies designed to help students develop social awareness. So if you want to dig into any of those, visit the blog and check it out. The first is a strategy called cross the line. And cross the line is an exercise that's designed to help students appreciate the diversity of experiences held by a particular group. So if you're using this with a class of students, it's really designed to help highlight kind of the similarities and the differences in their life experiences. One, to create connection, but also to create this opportunity for them to empathize with the lived experiences of other people in this class. And so this activity really helps students to understand the impact of things like prejudice and stereotypes and bullying. Now, this activity does require a high degree of trust between the teacher who's facilitating the activity and the students involved. Because what we're asking students to do, and I've done this with students several times, and it can be a very emotional experience, is students line up against one side of a room or an open space. Like sometimes we've done this out on a field or in a big gym. And then the teacher or whoever's facilitating the activity reads a series of statements ranging from ones that are pretty kind of, you know, relatively innocuous, like you play a sport to things that tend to be more personal, like you've experienced bullying at school. And after each statement quietly, so the room or the space is very quiet, 
um, students who have had that experience walk across the line and face the other side of the room so that the students who didn't move because they haven't had that experience can look right at these individuals who have had a particular experience. And again, you can mix things that are kind of like helping them get to know each other and um, tend to be kind of innocuous with things that tend to be a little bit more um, personal that really are going to be more empathy building because students are sharing something that might be a little uncomfortable or hard for them to share. Um, and so they're facing each other and they can see who's had a similar or different experience. And again, it's all about empathy and compassion building. And after the exercise, you can ask students to really reflect on their experiences to kind of think about the power of what they learned about themselves, their classmates, this community in general. Um, so you might ask them to write or to draw a reflection where they think about what did you learn about yourself or your peers as you cross the line? What was surprising? What, what statements were hard to hear or see that people had experienced these things? Um, which statements were painful given your past experiences? Um, and what did you learn about your class? classmates and, and how will it impact how you treat them moving forward. So because this is a really powerful and sometimes emotional strategy, um, I've linked to a resource in my blog that may be helpful for anybody who wants to learn more about it. Strategy two is a four corner debate. And the four corner debate strategy helps students to appreciate a variety of perspectives or the variety of opinions in a class. So during the activity, each corner of the class is labeled. One corner says strongly agree, one corner says agree, one says disagree, and then another one says strongly disagree. And the teacher can read statements like, most people are good, and everybody would choose a corner that corresponds with their particular opinion or perspective. And then you can have these kind of lively conversations about why are you in that corner? Why do you think, you know, you disagree with the statement or you strongly agree with the statement? You can ask them things like, or you can make statements like the United States should limit immigration or solar energy is the most promising renewable energy source. So it can be kind of um, kind of those more debatable topics where you might have students kind of with really diverse opinions, but they might not know if there's a diversity of opinion if they aren't given an opportunity to engage in a strategy like this, where they go to a corner and they, you know, share, why are you in that corner? What life experience or information or ideas do you have that kind of support this particular perspective? So as students go to the corner and kind of like chat with each other and talk about why they're there, then we can do an all-class share-out, um, inviting students in each corner to share their perspectives. And again, the goal is to help students appreciate different points of view, understand how a person's culture, past experiences, background have really shaped their thinking on a variety of topics. So like Cross the Line, the four-corner debate should be followed by a reflective activity to really encourage students to think more deeply about the experience. So asking them questions like, what points did your peers make that you hadn't considered before. So if I go into the corner that says agree for a statement like, I think the United States should be limiting immigration, maybe I'm listening to my peers and I'm thinking, oh, wow, 
I had never, I had never even thought of it from this perspective, or I have never had a family who's been in a particular situation. And it might help me to build empathy and to have kind of a, a shift in my own thinking, but without the reflective piece at the end, it's not as powerful. So asking them to think about the statements or issues and, and how their ideas have changed in relation to them as a result of this activity, or maybe they haven't. And why is that? Um, and has their life experience kind of impacted their thoughts about particular statements or topics, which I think is a great way to make that bridge between a student's lived and kind of life experiences and what's happening in a classroom. The third strategy is something as simple as peer feedback, which so often, you know, teachers and myself included, when I was in a classroom, I felt like peer feedback was not very effective. And yet it's a really wonderful way for them to kind of validate and support each other. So peer feedback can help students to kind of recognize and appreciate each other's strengths and demonstrate compassion for each other in the ways that they give feedback. So too often feedback is kind of viewed as this teacher task or teacher responsibility, but in a learning community, all members should play a role in providing thoughtful and substantive feedback. Teachers should be giving feedback to students, students should be giving feedback to each other, and students should be giving feedback regularly to the teacher. And obviously it needs to be constructive to be really effective. So we wanna help support students in recognizing each other's strengths, providing each other with specific suggestions for improvements, um, and they may need clear guidelines and supports to do this effectively. So one of the resources I share in the blog post is a peer feedback choice board, where we're kind of taking some of those universal design for learning kind of principles and pulling them into a feedback process. So the board has like six different types of feedback students can give each other. So maybe they want to identify the greatest strength in a piece or suggest a tiny tweak or celebrate something that was surprising, clarify something that was confusing, share a moment when their mind was blown by something in this piece, or kind of tell them, hey, I'm hungry to learn more about or I want more details in a particular area. So a student can choose two of these different prompts to use when responding to their classmates. So depending on what they're seeing, in the classmates work, they might want to suggest a tiny tweak and then celebrate a success or, you know, complete the hungry for more prompt and then clarify a confusion. So it gives students the agency to decide how do I want to provide feedback? What would I like to say based on what I'm seeing in my peers work? And you can provide things like sentence frames to support them in the process of giving each other more meaningful peer feedback as well. So we really have this opportunity with social emotional learning to think about moving forward the end of this year, beginning of next year, how do we help cultivate these critical skills in the context of our curriculum to deepen our students' understandings of themselves, the content, and their communities, which I think when we pull social emotional learning into our classrooms, we have this really beautiful opportunity to do all of those things. So hopefully this uh, series on social emotional learning combined with the accompanying blogs will give teachers some tools that they can take 
into next year as they're thinking about doing this consistently from day one. And for anybody interested in additional reading material, my book, The Complete Guide to Blended Learning, has a lot of SEL kind of strategies and resources included in that book to kind of help develop the social presence of a learning community. And then my newest book with Dr. Katie Novak, The Shift to Student-Led, has basically 10 time-consuming teacher-led workflows that don't tend to be super effective. And we've reimagined them from a student-led perspective that we believe is much more sustainable and going to lead to a much richer learning experience for students. And a lot of those shifts can incorporate some of the, the work we've been talking around uh, about around cultivating social-emotional learning. So thank you for joining me for this episode. And if you have questions you'd like to send me for one of my Ask Catlin episodes, please send them to me via Twitter at Catlin underscore Tucker or via Instagram at Catlin Tucker. <laughs>